What's one lesson you wish you knew when you first started? Oh man, how to operate a drone. <laughs> I wish I would have known, just paid attention to which controller or which stick does what, right? Yeah. So knowing the difference between the directional and how to have it fly in the direction that I want it to and not mm -hmm. just get lucky that it's flying where I want it to. And then regulations. Uh, there are a couple times where I wasn't smart and I put myself in situations to where I could have been susceptible to huge fines mm. um, and possible, I don't know, jail time. I, I think they prosecute to these certain places. So how yeah. did you how did you find out you were doing something wrong? Was well, it during the fact or was it, it after was. the fact? It was. I was in Key West. Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that there were so many naval bases as are, are in Key West. Key West is one of the hardest places to fly. Yeah. I just figured since when I turned on, it didn't give me any advisories. Mm -hmm. So every now and then you get the advisories to tell you you're in restricted air zone and it didn't give me any. So I was like, oh, I'm golden. Mm -hmm. Stake. Always check beforehand. Yeah. When we were traveling somewhere, check beforehand. I flew and I got a couple really cool shots. And then I went up about 25 feet mm -hmm. and I rotated the opposite direction and I was flying right in front of a naval base. So, <gasps> yeah. The whole time I'm like, oh, they're tracking my flights. I'm going to get uh, a letter in the mail that I'm going to go to court or something. I was bugging out about that. But um, were you that, OK in the end? I was OK in the end. But okay. just that that nervousness, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just doing a little bit of research and in the beginning before I even went on vacation, finding yeah. areas that I am able to legally fly from. Yeah. And if I am able to legally fly, mm -hmm. makes life so much easier. So that's the biggest thing, understanding the way the drone operates and how to operate the drone and then the regulations of a place that I'm going to be flying. Do you look at the butt when you fly? I've learned to look at the butt, yes. <laughs> that's, one of, that's one of the most painful things is when people because there's nothing intuitive about the sticks and mm -hmm. which one does what, like, it's just not intuitive. And so it pains me to watch people struggling to fly their drone and having it mirror them. In other words, like when you, when you press the left button, it goes right. Mm -hmm. So looking at the butt's super important. So it actually just goes in the direction that you're actually moving your hand. Exactly. I'm glad you look at the butt. <laughs> the one time it's acceptable. What do you use to make sure you're clear to fly in places now? So I have a couple of different apps that I use. Um, first being Google. I'll uh, first re research the location through Google. Mm -hmm. And then when I arrive, I have a um, an air map app mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that kind of gives me some detail about the particular area. And then I use, um, starts with the K, it's like Quickie. Uh, it used to be Quickie. They, they switched it to something different. Oh, Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk, yes. Kitty, Kitty Hawk, Hawk into yeah. aloft, yes. or aloft or something like that. Yeah. Yes. So it switched, and I use that also um, as a way to have some resource, resources at my hand to know when and if I can fly. Yeah. You're saying something important, which is people get frustrated that there's not just a single source of information, which in theory there should be, and eventually there will be. But I mean, drones are becoming so popular so fast that a lot of places can't keep up with like, oh, what should the drone law here be? And yeah. so 
even even with a combination of apps and I use the same ones I also use before you fly and I also use the DJI fly safe database that's already in the app um, even after looking at all of those like I'll still do a couple extra things you know whether it's some state parks for example absolutely no drones but some of them do allow them depending on where you're launching from and so I'm actively looking for signs like mm-hmm. in the parking lot and you know, I know that you can't bring alcohol. Oh, I can't have a fire here. No barbecues and no drones. Right. So I'm like looking for the signs and other times it's like, you just have to feel it out and just know or not generally like historical sites Mm -hmm. don't want drones around. (laughs) If a, if a place has tons of security around, they probably don't want a drone around either. It's feeling it out also. Agreed. Agreed. Welcome to the drone party. Drones are so much fun and so easy to fly. Everyone is welcome to this party, which is a weekly podcast meant to help you to be a better pilot. This podcast is full of tons of helpful tips and stories of pilots that I meet when I travel from all over the world. And I'm so excited for today's guest. But first, if you're new here, yo, I'm Christine Lozada. I love flying drones. I have tons of resources for you. Make sure you check the show notes. Today's pilot is someone I've had the opportunity to fly with a bunch of times. He's awesome and really fun to travel with also. Make sure you check the show notes. There's a ton of content that we've made together and also tons of his content in there. And that's Denard. He is one half of Destination Unknown. Let's let's bring him in. I am Denard Jackson. I am one half of Destination Unknown. Uh, it is a travel channel that I run with, run with my beautiful fiance, Tony Marie Clark. And um, yeah, I love to travel. I love to travel. We are in the process of um, transitioning into RV travel, and that's going to be the next big thing for us. I'm so excited for you. And I have had the opportunity to both travel with both of them and fly drones with them as well. So make sure you check the show notes below. Tons of info on his content, as well as some of the content you've been in yes. on my channel as well, because you've shown up a few times and you've met my mom. Yes, I have. <laughs> mom is amazing. Your mom You're one of the people I've actually flown with on multiple occasions. Yeah. yeah. How many times have we flown drones together? Sarasota. Sarasota. Virgin Voyages. Virgin Voyages. I think there were like multiple days in Sarasota too. So yeah. Yeah. Cause we, I, that was when I was playing around with my FPV drone. Yeah. That was the scariest thing I've ever done for the record. <laughs> Say more. <laughs> Say more. Well, it's just, I don't know, first it's intimidating, right? Uh, to have a drone that can do the things that the FPV drones can do. Yeah. And then, like, it's also not my drone. So, like, if something happens, oh, yeah. we got that, like, little nervousness in the back of it. So, yeah. you're like, just put the goggles on. You'll be fine. <laughs> I did. I did Famous last words. <laughs> you did awesome. No, it was, oh. it was fun. Secretly, you low-key got me, got, like, the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me in FPV. So once I saw the Vada was coming out, I was yeah. like, oh, buddy. I love that. So my, for me, this is my play. 
I'm going to wait for the next Avada to come mm-hmm. out. So when I, when DJI FPV came out, I knew that up until that point in time, this was the good, like the best entry drone okay. because it's the only drone, right? That you can hit the emergency button and it goes from being FPV crazy drone mm-hmm. to regular drone. And no, no one else was doing that on the market mm-hmm. until that FPV. But the problem with that drone, and I mean, you felt it, it's really big. Yes. And it's really clunky. Yes. And it's meant to be flown fast and far, which is really cool when you're like in Costa Rica doing the long rivers out to the waterfall or like huge landscapes. Mm-hmm. But that's not the majority of flights that you want for an FPV. An FPV is super fun inside in tight mm-hmm. spaces like in the warehouse or, I don't, you know, like just in general around where you're normally at. I don't know where you're at, but I'm not at waterfalls in Costa Rica every day. <laughs> no, sadly not. <laughs> Maybe I need to change my lifestyle. But <laughs> the Avada has that same um, ability, right? You mm-hmm. can flip it into a mode that makes it easier to fly. It's a much smaller, mm-hmm. much more controllable drone. And actually I'll admit to one thing with the FPV that I have. If you ask me to just make it stay still and hover and look at you and I, it's one of the most difficult moves for me. It's way easier for me to fly it through something going 50 miles an hour than it would be to just stay still and not move because that drone drone just doesn't fly like that. So the people who can fly it like that, like props, props, the Avada, different story. Yeah, the Avada is totally doable for flying it like a normal little Cinewoop FPV. I'm excited. Get one. I'm excited, I'm excited as well. I'm excited as well. That's going to be the next move. I like it. Uh, actually, let's talk about your first move. What was your first drone? When okay. was it? And what'd you get? So I'm not like most drone pilots. My first drone wasn't a fancy drone. It wasn't even a DJI drone. It was one of those like TJ Maxx specials in the, box, <laughs> in the box. And to be honest with you, I didn't even buy it. I got it as a gift. Yeah. Uh, and it sat there for a while because I'm like, that looks cheap. And then I finally, like pull it out and I play with it. And it was so discouraging because it was one of the ones that like you had to hold it in place, hold each joystick in place to get it just to hover right. And then. Yeah, very cheap. Very cheap. What what year was this, and this, how, how did you were you flying it inside when you were flying it? So it had to be like 2015, 2016. Oh yeah, it's a long time uh, ago. Yeah, and I flew it outside. It was actually it was pretty big. It was oh, a pretty big drone. Yeah. So it wasn't like this one of the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. It was a decent size, and it didn't handle wind well. So it just. It was a bad experience. Was it ever fun though? Like, did you keep flying it or did you get it over it pretty quickly? It, it, <laughs> it turned me off from drones because I, I thought that's what having a drone would be. And then uh, I went to St. Thomas, my mind got blown. And I was like, oh, I need a DJI. That's what, mm. that's what my issue is. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So for those who've never tried a cheap drone before, I'm going to explain to you my experience. And my guess is it's similar to what you had happen. So with the cheap drones, 
Like, yes, in theory, they will fly, but they're very, very difficult to maneuver. Mm-hmm. And they do not take wind well. Not well, or rather they take to the wind. <laughs> in other words, the slightest bit of wind and you will lose all control and it will just blow away like a like a leaf. And so I, when I flew a cheap drone, I spent half the time walking around wherever it had crashed to go pick it up <laughs> and then launch it again. And the other thing is, I mean, it, I treat it more like a remote control car. Like yeah. it's this fun thing without the wind to just maneuver around, but it's not meant to like be the thing that captures photos and videos and does things exactly. like that. It's just like a fun thing to, to fly when it's not windy. It's a motorized kite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Except kites are more fun. <laughs> They're more predictable as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so hold on. Let's fast forward. So you you were traveling, realized you needed a DJI. And why did you realize you needed a DJI? Well, so I was in um, St. Thomas on a group mm-hmm. trip with a bunch of friends. And this guy who was like the odd guy that I didn't know pulls out his drone and just flies it off of a cliff. And secretly, I'm in the back like, what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah, so I, I low-key was peep, like looking to see what model it was and everything. And then I would ask him random questions here or there. And then he showed me the final footage. And just mm-hmm. the perspective that you got from that angle changed everything for me. It's the best view in the house. Hands down. Hands down. And St. Thomas is pretty on its own from a regular point of view. But the moment you can see the other side of the cliff, so the mm. cliffs that you're looking out from, looking out at, oh man, it's beautiful. It's oh, beautiful. Real. So, yeah. what, what year was that? That was, oddly enough, December of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then by March of 2019, I had that same drone in my hands. Which one was it? It was the original Mavic Air. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I... I loved it. I loved it. I like it. What? Okay, bring us back. Your Mavic Air. Where was your first flight and what was it like? So, I didn't do this right. <laughs> I like I like the start of this story a lot. <laughs> My first flight ever was on vacation. There was no practice, <laughs> nothing. I, I was silly and thought it's like, it's just like playing a video game. And yeah, to yeah. an extent, it is, but it's not at all. Um, so I was in Ireland, and first and foremost, I didn't understand how strong it, uh, the wind is in Ireland. Oh, yeah. There's so my first flight was actually a crash. <laughs> Say <Yeah>. more. <laughs> yeah. So they have these preset functions and features inside the DJI drones. Mm-hmm. So I did one to where they would orbit. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'll let you get a cool shot for the first thing. And I send it up and it gets caught by a gust of wind and it's gone. And uh, yeah, that was terrifying because I thought I knew what I was doing. Clearly, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I spent a pretty penny on it at that moment. Yeah, yeah. For me to instantly lose connection and it to just get caught by a gust of wind was terrifying. So, yeah. Actually, that surprises me. Well, it does and doesn't. So the air is not a small drone. No, it's not. But also, the winds that you can get in Ireland are pretty intense. 
so we were close to the cliff some more, and um, mm-hmm. the winds were ripping 12 to 15 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And again, me not understanding the advisories that the drone has given me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's awesome. It's added added information. But again, it, knowledge is power. And I had yeah. zero knowledge on what I was doing. And I could have hurt myself or someone else. Mm. Or just improper usage. So. so 12 to 15 miles an hour is usually not that bad. But the thing about it is with gusts, it can be different. Okay. especially around cliffs. And the other thing is kind of like how the view from down here is pretty good, but the view from up there is way better. Yeah. Same thing with wind. The wind down here might be kind of mellow. The True. wind up there True. generally tends to be way stronger. True. So what and happened to your drone? Just gone? Gone with the wind, quite literally? It actually, it actually flew onto the roof of the um, bread and breakfast that we were, we were staying in. <laughs> So I had to kindly get the gentleman that was renting the room to us to help us get it. And then after that, it it was a series of short flights. So a minute at a time, just getting comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I started to branch out a little bit. Okay, more. I just heard two things. One, it was conveniently located where you were staying. <laughs> and, two, and two, you were still able to fly it. They're yes, there. yes. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. What an awful first flight, but what an awesome story. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it was really fun, really scary. All of the emotions all together at once. So, yeah, yeah of course. Cool. So how did you later improve? Because I've seen you fly drones and you're great. Well, first thing I did is I, I tried to learn as much as possible. Um, yeah. Stumbling across your channel and the videos that you put up for how to use drones. Oh, you did watch my channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I even tried some of the tips that you did when you were like, draw the box. So oh, like, yeah. okay, yeah. So I um, I made sure that I found as much content as possible yeah. and then learned as much um, of the rules and regulations of where I'm trying to fly. Yeah. I thought that was important as well. And then paid attention to the advisories that my drone gave me. Yeah. Those are my three keys that yeah. helped me out. Yeah, those little warnings that your drone will give you. Yeah. Are, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it only talks to you when it needs to be talking to you. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Have you moved on to a different drone? Then? I have. Yeah, because when we flew together, you were not flying the air. No, I actually gave the air to uh, one of my coworkers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, I had the Mavic Air 2. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. the drone that I currently fly. And yeah. Also, um, fly a Mavic Mini as well. Yeah. Which Mini do you fly? The, the original Mini. Yeah, the Mini one. That's yeah. right. Which, by the way, I'm still thanking you to this day for giving me a micro SD card on a day in which I needed one because all of mine were full, and uh, you came in in the clutch. When we were in the Caribbean, or no, so Bahamas. That footage that day was so good. That was a beautiful, beautiful day. Wow. Hey, I just have to interrupt this podcast episode to say if you're getting some value, please leave a review. It really does help to distribute this to more people. Denard's super awesome. Make sure you check the show notes for more of the stuff that we've been talking about on this episode. And if you want to connect with other pilots, join us in the drone Facebook group. We've got a ton of amazing people in there. All right, let's get back to it. You know what? You may have already answered this question on the scariest flight you've had. Was it the one in Ireland or is there another one that you've had? It actually wasn't 
Um, so I, had, I didn't learn my lessons all at once. I learned them over time. And uh, I had two, but one is probably the worst. On our first RV trip, I was flying my drone in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I should have turned off obstacle avoidance. Mm. And for some reason, I just forgot to. And I was flying and I was trying to track Tony as she was walking to the river. And I thought, I'll just do it manually. And I I went in and I guess the sensors recognize the tree was kind of close. And then it uh, does what it's supposed to do. And it avoided that obstacle. Mm -hmm. Problem is there was an obstacle on the opposite side that it went to. And then it turned into a situation to where it was recognizing all the obstacles. It was also... (laughs) right above Tony at the same time. Yeah, so that was that was interesting. And it was the worst crash that I've had. Did it did it happen to come in contact with Tony? It did not. I did not. Oh, okay, and that's okay. probably why we were engaged because I feel like <laughs> our relationship would have been over had I did that. So Wow. Okay, what you're saying is really important because most people think that obstacle avoidance means you can completely rely on it, just fly it however, the drone will take care of you. And I'm not saying obstacle avoidance doesn't work, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it can really work for you. And sometimes it can really work against you. Because I've had that same thing where I accidentally left obstacle avoidance on. So for me, I normally keep my drone, especially when I'm launching it, because I hand launch it, Mm -hmm. I leave it in sport mode. Because what sport mode does is it turns it off very quickly for you. But if you have freshly turned on your drone and you're already in sport mode, your drone will normally come back to turning on obstacle avoidance. So I have to remember to turn it off, then turn it back Mm -hmm. on to sport mode to turn off obstacle avoidance, if that made sense. But a lot of times my drone, if obstacle avoidance is on, will sense something that like it maybe not is is not close to it at all and it will force it to stop or jump away from it and exactly what you're saying that's great if it's going to avoid that thing even though that thing wasn't going to hit it anyway exactly but it might jump into something else that's now a new problem uh so that's that's no fun (laughs) it's no fun we introduced a bunch of new problems in that situation so was your drone okay after that flight no and that was the worst part about it because it was day two of like a 14-day vacation. Oh, so you were early. Oh, that yeah. means you didn't have a drone to fly anymore. The next city we went to, I was able to get it in the mail, uh, have it sent out to get it fixed. But I, I had to go the rest of the trip without a drone. And we came to some pretty epic spots that it you, was. You, you have a content piece about this, don't you, on your channel? Yeah. I'm going to link it in the description, uh, in the show notes of this podcast. I remember that. Yeah, that was kind of a while ago. Yeah, it was it was a while ago, but I've since learned a lot of lessons since then. <laughs> What's been your best flight that you've had? Um, you've traveled to some cool places. I'm, yeah. I'm actually wondering if you're going to say Bahamas. I feel like you might not actually. No, not Bahamas. It was actually in Peru. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in Lima and one of my best friends, his wife, her family's from Lima. So we went to go visit them uh, Thanksgiving a few years ago. 
And I had some of my best shots there. Just the transitioning from cliffside to having a surfer searching, excuse me, surfer surfing ocean waves was just crazy. And then I got the most amazing uh, sunset I've ever seen in my life um, flying over sand dunes out there in Peru. That says something because you spend time in Sarasota where I've met with you and flown drones and they have some of the best sunsets in the world. So that says something about Peru. They're magical. They're magical. That's amazing. Actually, what's your comfort level flying now? I think I'm good now. I think I'm good now. Um, I'm not at the point to where you, I don't know how you can do it all one handed to where you set up and walk. <laughs> You're like a Houdini level, but. I'm I think of myself similar to Forrest Gump. You know that scene in Forrest Gump when he sets up his rifle? Uh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's me setting up my drone and blasting it. You just, you do it enough. That it, yeah. I mean, don't you drive with one hand while text yeah. messaging sometimes? Yeah. No, just kidding. Never text message, but yeah, you just get you just get used to it. I just remember being uh, in the Bahamas watching you fly up, and I'm like unfolding and <laughs> twisting on, and you're already up flying. I'm like, what's going on? So uh, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm definitely much more comfortable than I was. Yeah. Yeah, you look awesome when you're out there flying your drone. I love it. One thing I respect about you is that you are willing to do a lot of low shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's interesting is, I don't know, I just feel like you're such a a nice guy and a nice looking guy. And I also feel like people just generally won't bother you. If I keep my drone too low, people bother me. Like people will come and have something to say or will want to make it. Like, ha- so actually... I was recently flying somewhere um, and I didn't have my drone low. I actually had it pretty high, but a lot of men will use it as a way of talking to me. Mm. Oh, what are you doing on your phone? And then they'll realize I'm flying a drone. And then they'll be like, Oh, you're flying a drone. Do you know how to fly that drone? Well, let me show you like what, like, so sometimes and I'll just be like, Oh my gosh, like leave me alone. Which is why I love to be super incognito when I fly. And also, actually, hold on, also out of respect. So when you and I flew together in the Bahamas, Mm -hmm. even though we had clearance to fly, we still walked off of the property that we were going to capture because I didn't want to bother the people who were enjoying the beach club that we were at. And we went to that really bizarre, weird parking lot area that was like partially flooded. And uh, oh, it was weird over there. It was slightly sketch. Yeah, it was slightly yeah. sketch. And then I was like hiding under the tree because it was so hot and sunny. <laughs> well, I initially flew out of a, like a changing room. I would launch and then go into the changing room and I'm like flying to where no one can see me. So I was trying to be incognito, but that sketch spot was a little bit easier to do what we needed to do. Yeah, it was it was easier. Besides, when you're um, when you're in the changing, well, the thing about the changing room is that at the very least, you you can still see your screen. Yes, because because it's just so bright outside, it's hard to see your screen sometimes. Which um, I will eventually get the DJI remote where you're not hooking up your phone and it's just the DJI controller because no matter how hot it is outside, the screen's not going to darken. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too often 
Actually, I don't know if you know this. I spent the entire month of August flying in the Bahamas. Wow. And I was constantly in 102 degree heat with humidity. And my drone, con or since my drone controller hooks up to my phone, my phone would be overheated and it would be at like half the brightness it's normally at. And I'd be like, I think I'm looking at a stingray. I'm just going to go ahead and press record. I'll find out later tonight when I upload the footage. <laughs> just never a, never a good way to fly. Yeah, no, I definitely think the remote is it's going to be the way that I would like to go as well. Mm -hmm. Having your phone overheat or having your phone battery get down to like 25% and now you're worried about it. Oh, yeah. your time. <laughs> it's just too much to worry about. So, yeah, I agree. Oh, that's too funny. All right. So where are your next travels with your drone? Is it the RV travel? Well, actually, no. Um, I'm going to do some work when we go over to Portugal. Mm -hmm. uh, we're flying to Lisbon. So I'm going to get some shots over there in Lisbon. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I've already been mapping out kind of what I want to do. So I have a plan of attack. Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, talk me through that. Tell me how you how you map it out. Well, I, I learned something from you. I, I was <laughs> one of those pilots that as soon as I launched, I'm recording and everything is just recording. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'll post. I'll cut what I like from all those long clips. But then it's too uh, much work. It's a lot of work. work. Yeah. 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 But I noticed when I flew with you you only recorded when you had the shot that you wanted. Yeah. So that made life much easier. So what I do is we have, uh, um, for lack of better words, a storyboard mm -hmm. on what we're doing. So what is that video about? Mm -hmm. And then uh, write the outline of the story. And then we identify what areas of the video we're going to be in different locations. Yeah. So that I find like the key um, shots from there. And then it's a lot of Google Earth to try mm -hmm. to, map it out to make sure I shoot it the way I wanted to shoot it. So it's a bit of an, an extensive process, but it's definitely worth it. Once you get that shot that you've been looking for and you hit it the way you want to hit it, there's not a better feeling in the world than that. I The thing I love the most about your story is that you're starting with the story. Exactly. I just finished filming with someone for a month. And when we would storyboard together, she'd be like, oh, let's get this shot and this shot and this shot. And I'd be like, those shots sound awesome, mm -hmm. but what story are we trying to tell? Exactly. Because if you have a sick shot, we can't necessarily use it if it's not helping to tell our story. Exactly. Yeah. And so starting with what the story is and then backing into using Google Earth mm -hmm. or when I'm super lazy, I just use Google Maps on satellite. That's yep. good enough. Um, into like where, where looks cool to get the shots. Exactly. And obviously like, no matter how much homework you do, you won't truly know until you're on location and you're actually looking through your drone. You might realize, oh, wow, like I thought that would be cool, but it's not. Or the other way around, right? This is way yeah. cooler than I expected. And one thing that I've started doing that I realized, because now, um, so I've only been creating for about three years. Okay. And I always think about like, oh, making sure I have new, fresh content all the time, which I s still focus on. But I have a lot of old content that I have never posted or have never told stories about that I'm starting to bring forward. And one of the things I've gotten in the habit of doing now that I'm looking at my old footage is when I see something that's like so good, like the cliffs with the surfers on the other side in Peru or something like that. Yeah. When I see something super good, 
I will make sure I shoot it in like three to five ways. So let's mm-hmm. say I make, I'm making a video in that moment. It might be the video of just what it is, right? And just the drone flying forward. But then it might be, okay, the same shot, but the drone like flying sideways because it might reveal something. Mm-hmm. Or it might be, oh, okay, let's look at one thing and the drone flies out backwards and up to reveal even more. Mm-hmm. Or it might be, hey, there's something cool in the area, like a big palm tree. Let's put the drone right behind it and then reveal what it is. Because each of those shots, even though they're of the same thing, can be used to tell a different story depending on what you might want to say later. So exactly. yes, the, like I've storyboarded for the shot I need here and I definitely got that. But if you see something that's so good, it's painful for me to look back at some of my old content. I was just looking through like some really amazing Hawaii shots I got. And I'm like, wow, I wish I had that same shot in just a couple other angles or like done a little bit differently or shot a little bit longer than the 10 seconds that I, I had gotten in that moment. Um, so yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm excited for you to go to Portugal. Yeah. Very excited. It's going to be a little chilly, but well worth it. Well how, worth it. How chilly is chilly? We're looking at like fifty degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and I, you and I both don't like cold weather. Yeah, I've exactly. been, uh, I've been living in thirty-six degree weather, and um, a part of me is frozen and dead. <laughs> I flew in last night, and it was low thirties and raining, and I'm like, this is terrible. In Baton Rouge. It's terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. just. Wow. Not appealing at all. I love chasing the endless summer. Wow. So does your drone have a name? He does. He does. Tell me more. Actually, your drone also has a special backpack, right? Yes. <laughs> Just yes, remember that. All yeah. right. For, for those who don't know the name in the backpack, please describe. So uh, the name of my drone is Wally. Um, it kind of goes back to that that love that I have for certain uh, Pixar movies. And um, he has a really cool skin on it. And I have a backpack that matches the skin. Um, Describe describe what the skin looks like for those who have not been honored and seen it like myself. It's it's actually got like an old school um, fighter jet vibe to it Hmm. uh, with the, um, the mouth painted on the side. That's kind of where I stole it from. And uh, I kind of feel like if I'm going to be a pilot, I want to be some, a Maverick type pilot. And that's <laughs> I was, I've gotten to got into that uh, thought process. And that's how we got the skin. But then the name doesn't really fit it, Wally, because Wally wasn't. Just go with Maverick. it. Yeah. Who cares? As long as you love it, that's all that matters. I love it. Wally. <laughs> yeah. And where can people say again? Where can people find you? Um, we are on Instagram at uh, destination underscore unknown underscore DJ, or you can find us on YouTube at destination unknown travels, and that's our two main sources that we're at. We Heck are yeah. uh, thinking about branding out, but we're gonna focus on these two first before we branch out. Well, don't you dare change the name of Wally. <laughs> All of that will be linked in the show notes below. Thank you for doing this with me. No problem. It was a pleasure. 
I am super excited for his trip to Portugal and to see what kind of content comes out of that. And I'll be meeting up with this dude in a few months to make a bunch of Florida content. So stay tuned for that. If you found some value in today's episode, make sure you leave a review. It really does help to distribute this to more people and share it with someone you think it might help and connect with us, whether in the drone Facebook group, connect with me on social, and of course, find Denard. He's awesome. He's such a good human. He's so much fun to travel and drone with. <sighs> I hope you had some fun with us today. We had fun. We will see you in the next episode. And in the meantime, send the drugs.